All right, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, and I'm so honored that you're listening to this, and hopefully you hit subscribe, share it with your friends, and listen to some of the other episodes on this podcast. Hey, today I want to talk to you about learning to listen to the right voices. I truly believe that um, what makes leaders who they are is the voices that they're listening to, the voices uh, on the outside and the voices on the inside, that we are a product of the voices we listen to. And the voices you listen to on the outside become the voices you put on repeat on the inside. And uh, the more those voices play in your head and your heart, the more you start to become what you're listening to. There's a story in the Bible about a guy named Rehoboam. And many of you um, who read the Bible or are Christians, you might know this story. It was in 1 Kings chapter 12. He was a king of Israel during this time. And so um, this isn't like a made-up story. This is a true story. Even history shows us that there was this guy named Rehoboam. He came um, out of the lineage of King David historically, who also was the greatest king in Israel um, and during that time. And so Rehoboam, he followed, you know, generations later. And, and the thing about Rehoboam, you need to understand this, is that he was, he started out as a good guy. Um, he had good intentions for Israel. He wanted to be a great leader. He wanted to do um, some great things for Israel. But the only problem was he got mixed up on the people that he listened to, the voices that he let in. And so we see that there were some older counselors who were really wise that were trying to give Rehoboam advice, how to lead, um, what to do, what not to do, what, what the previous leaders had done, that he could learn from their mistakes, their failures, um, and, and be a great leader. But instead, after listening to that wise advice, he went to some of his buddies who had never led anything in their life and said, what do you think I should do? And they said, we think you should do it this way. And we think you should, you know, lead this way. And they kind of gave him all this not good advice. And he went with what his buddies told him instead of what those older counselors, wise counselors in his life were trying to instruct him to do. And what happened was it ruined his reign. It ruined his reign as a king. It ruined his leadership. And he ended up really like failing as a leader all because of listening to the wrong advice. So I want to talk to you about what advice are you listening to? What voice is it has the most weight in your life? Whose voice is that? My dad used to say this right here, consider the source. Um, there were times in my life where people would tell me what to do, tell me who I should date. Um, growing up as a pastor's kid, there were in our church, there were sometimes weird, interesting situations where people would be like, you know, I've got a prophecy that you're supposed to marry my daughter. And um, I'm just going to be honest, when I would see their daughter, I'd be like, no, I'm not feeling that. I don't know if that's a prophetic word from God. He's going to have to speak that to my heart. Um, and, and so there's people that try to control you, try to tell you what to do, who you should date, who you should marry, uh, uh, what job you should take, um, what college you should go to, uh, where you should send your kids to school. And then everyone thinks they've got the best advice for you. My dad would always say, consider the source, consider the source. And in that, what he was meaning was, is this a person that you respect their life? Like, is, is the person that's giving you advice, can you even respect their lifestyle? Are they living a life of integrity? Are they living a life of success? Like, have they proved the advice they're about to give you? Have they proved that advice in their own life? 
Uh, consider the source. Is this person a, a Jesus follower? For me, as a Christian, like I want to take advice um, from someone who's following Jesus. And uh, you know, I'll just say it this way: there are a lot of people who follow Jesus that don't give the best advice, and there's a lot of people that don't follow Jesus that do give great advice. But ultimately, I want to check: man, is this advice is it going to bring glory to God in my life? Is what they're asking me to do uh, is it going to bring glory to God um, in my life? And so you've got to consider the source. you got to make sure, man, that the person who's giving you advice is someone you respect, their lifestyle, uh, how, how have they proved the advice they're giving to you. And just like, just like someone who's drunk needs a designated driver, how bad would it be if your designated driver was drunk too? Like you would not want someone driving you that's got the same issues and problems that you do. You need someone who's who's past that battle, who's past that that current circumstance you're in. And so if you're right now in a situation that's, you know, not good and you're listening to advice to people that have never conquered that addiction, that habit, that problem, that circumstance, you probably need to find a different driver, someone who, who, who is not walking through that same battle you're walking through. And then I would say this too. Um, so you need to get some people in your life, some voices in your life of people that have overcome what you're trying to overcome, have, have proven what you're trying to get through, and they've been successful at it, get their advice. So when I was you know going to college and even now as a pastor, I'm always looking for older, wise counsel people who have walked the path that I am walking and that they have done it successfully, that I can respect their lifestyle, I can respect their their integrity, I can, I can respect how they've raised their family, how they've led their marriage, um, and not just their ministry, because there's certain people who are successful in one field, but a failure in another field. And you got to be careful, those voices that you're listening to affect how you treat everyone in your life. So for me, I like to find some guys. I have a spiritual advisory council in my life. It consists of men that I highly respect. Um, all of them are more than 30 years older than me. So they could be like a dad in my life. They are my dad's age. Um, I could mention their names. You would know some of these names if you you know follow some of the Christian pastors and, and ministers in in the world. Uh, these are men that have spoken into me, who have held me accountable, who have called me out, said, "Hey, you need to you need to do a better job at how you spend time with your wife, with your kids. You uh, you need to take a sabbatical." In fact, recently I followed their advice. There was a few of them that said, "Paul, we know you're young. We know you're you know just 30, 31 years old. You're leading a big ministry, and you might think you can run at this fast pace the rest of your life, but." You need to realize as you get older, you're going to get tired and there's going to be more and more temptations that come your way. And you need to make sure you're setting up boundaries for your life. And so these older, wiser, you know, counselors in my life, pastors said, you should every year schedule some time off, um, like a good amount of time that you just spend time with your wife and kids and then get away with God and just listen to, you know, God's heart for you for this year as a husband, as a daddy, as a pastor, as a leader for the organization. And so I took their advice. You know, there were other people in my life that were saying, you shouldn't do that. You need to work every day of your life, you know. And what's funny is there's even people that are the same age as those pastors. Um, so they're 30, 40 years older than me. They think they've got the best advice for me, but they haven't walked in the shoes that I'm walking. They haven't walked in the role as pastor. So you got to find people that have walked in that same career that you're in, that same you know profession that you're walking in, and that have gone through it further than you that can say, hey, I wish I would have done it this way. If I can give you any advice, I'd say do this, this, and this. 
Um, and those same people who can look at you and say, hey, listen, you're not doing it right. You need to you need to set better boundaries. You need to uh, spend more time at home. You need to spend more time in the office. You need to uh, set a better schedule, whatever that is. Get that advice. And then the other thing is I would say this. Be careful the constructive criticism you allow into your heart. I had this past year a couple really difficult meetings, conversations, people that were mad, offended at me over some very silly things that I let their voices highly influence and affect my attitude, my leadership, my even just the way that I was, you know, my lifestyle, uh, my preaching, um, because I listened to these voices that here's here's one thing you can have constructive criticism and then you can just have destructive criticism and the difference is constructive criticism comes with encouragement says i believe in you i'm committed to seeing you grow i want to see you mature and so here's some areas that i think you can grow in that's constructive criticism right it's got a lot of encouragement and it's got some things in there that you need to hear um, that you're maybe not doing the best in that you need to grow in then destructive criticism is i'm not committed to you at all i don't care about you I hate how you're doing things. I don't like this. I don't like that. And and I'm out of here. That's not constructive. That's like in those voices and you can learn from some of that. But if you let that sit and fester and some of that criticism for me had to do with method and style, not not theology, not content, not leadership, integrity, not character. It had simply to do with style and I understand that we live in a day and age where people are just getting offended over every little thing. And you got to be careful and you got to be sensitive. But at the same time, you've got to be true to who God's made you to be. So like one of these people, you know, that was upset at me just said, um, I don't like, you know, how you all the time say that our best days are right in front of us because, listen, there's a lot of bad things happening in our country and you shouldn't be saying our best days are right in front of us. But you know what? For me, like I truly believe that that's a core belief. I believe that, you know, God has greater things in front of me than what's behind me. And I'm going to preach that to our church. That family didn't like that. And they left the church over that silly indifference. And you know what? Their voice built up in my heart and almost made me question whether I should be preaching a message of faith. Um, And listen, I believe our best days are in front of us, not just because I think God has great things on this earth in front of us that he's called us to do. But I believe our best days are in front of us because one day we're going to step into eternity and we're going to walk through those doors, those gates of heaven. And that's going to be a lot better than anything we've experienced down here. So I truly believe the best is yet to come. Um, But these people, you know, their voice was really affecting my attitude, my leadership, my preaching style. And then I had another person who came to me and just said, you're not that great of a leader. You're a great preacher. But... um, You know, you lead, you're too transparent, all kinds of just criticism, destructive criticism. Like there was no helpful encouragement to it. There was no like, here's why I think this. Here's how I think you could grow in this. And I'm committed to seeing you get better. It was just straight up like mean, mean things that were said. And I had to really check it and go, okay, I can grow in some of these areas, but this voice is really affecting who God's called me to be. And I may not be you know, who you want me to be. Some people want you to be, you know, their version of like what they think a pastor is supposed to be. You need to be just like Rick Warren. You need to be like Craig Rochelle. You need to be like Joel Osteen. You need to be like Judas Smith. You need to be like Stephen Furtick. You need to be like Ed Young. You need to be like, you know, uh, your dad in order to be successful. You have to copy his style. You have to dress how he dresses. You have to talk how they talk. You have to do things exactly like that. And guys, when those voices are just building in your head and your heart, 
it, it turns you away from being who God's made you to be. And I'm telling you this, who God's made you to be is so much better. Like I can't, I, I'm going to be a second rate Joel Osteen if I try to be like him, but I can be a first rate me. I'm the best me I can be when I'm truly being me. Um, but I'm going not, I'm not going to be that good trying to copy someone else. And I always go back to this, you know, phrase I heard growing up, you were born an original, so don't die as a copy. And the voices in your head can cause you to feel like you've got to copy other people or do certain things or meet, you know, certain people's expectations. And I'm not talking about voices that are challenging you to grow in character, to grow in your Bible reading, to grow in becoming who God's called you to be. I'm talking about voices who are trying to shape your style, shape your method, shape you to be the kind of leader they um, they look at other people being. And so you got to guard your heart and really guard the voices in your in your life, in your head, and, and listen to voices that are going to speak constructive criticism, that are going to speak life to you, that are going to foster love, that are going to pray for you, uh, voices that are going to say, hey, you can keep growing here. I believe in you. There's areas that I see, you know, you, you are growing in, but I want to see stronger maturity happening in there. Listen to those kind of voices. And the other voices tune out. I find this, and I'll end with this. Sometimes we're creating a voice in our head that no one's even saying. We're just building it up in our head. It's the chatterbox, like Furtick calls it. And we're, you know, we're drawing thought bubbles above people's heads. We think they're thinking these thoughts towards us. And they've never said it. We just think they are. And so we go with that in our head. And, and that voice drives us to, you know, not be ourselves or to lead with insecurities and fear and anger. And instead of preaching to people, we're preaching at people. And instead of leading with love, we're leading with, you know, guilt or shame or feeling unqualified, feeling like we're not enough in people's eyes or minds. We got to stop drawing thought bubbles above people's heads. We got to stop letting that chatterbox in our heart lead the narrative on how we're called to lead. We've got to listen to that voice of the Father, the voice of God, and, and what he said over his son, Jesus, he's saying over us, this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. If you can hear that every day that God's saying, you are my child and I love you. I love you just the way you are. I love you, not when you're pretending to be someone else. I love you, the quirkiness about you. I love you. God's saying, I love you. And he's saying, I am pleased with how you're leading keep growing, keep maturing, keep leaning in, keep seeking advice and counsel from the right voices and listen to the voice of Father God who's just saying, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you, I'm going to help you become who he's called you to be. And, and listen to the voice of God saying, there is no cap to your capacity. There is no ceiling to the potential inside of you. Don't let anyone tell you what you cannot do or who you cannot be. Listen to the voice of Father God saying, I've created you to do great things. I've created you in the, and God says, I've created you in the image of God. You are a masterpiece. And those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. God's got great things in front of you that he wants to use you to do. And he's got so much potential inside of you. I believe in you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I want to be a voice in your life that, that speaks encouragement, constructive criticism to help you become who he's called you to be. All right. Look forward to talking to you again on Learning to Lead podcast. God bless you. Bye.